and she basically just talks about her life on there. And she was saying today that across the winter, she's she's not really had enough hugs and she's come up with strategies to take care of herself. Now, I've come straight in here with this. I've just, boom, I've landed straight into the podcast and I'm starting talking to you straight away. And my intention for this year, for this podcast, is that it gets a lot more personal than it was before. I was I was edging in on the humor side of things. I was trying to raise laughter. I think we'll still do that, but I want to get to know you all a bit better and I want you to get to know me because there's a possibility and an opportunity here that there's an option for you to feel like somebody is having a conversation with you, that they care about you and they want to know about you. And I do. But there are things about me that I think are of use for other people to know. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to let you get to know me a bit better and how what I do out in the world and just how I am as a human enables me to live my life in a better way. And hopefully what might happen is as you get to know my story and you get to understand how I go about helping people in the world or how people help me, that that might be able to help you, be it that you've got a friendly person talking to you near, be it that I'm raising some laughter, be it that this is a podcast that brings other people to your attention that might assist you in feeling a bit better in your day or that you're already vibing high and it just notches you up another level. So I haven't really organised this podcast today at all. I'm sat here with my coffee. The first thing that I did this morning was I woke up in bed and I felt quite high energy this morning, which is which is a real blessing because over the last couple of months, I did get the um, COVID-19 early on. And it was a bit of a long journey with me with getting my health back on track. And one of the things that I had to overcome was chronic fatigue. And that really was the hardest part of it all for me. I was lucky I didn't end up in hospital and it's been a gradual journey in recovering my health so that I can just function and exercise and partake in the world in the way that I want to. But it's meant that I've had to learn how to do things differently. So when I, if I wake up on a morning and I'm, my energy is really good, it's high, then I've taken advantage advantages, I can't speak. I've taken advantage of it this morning and I've gone out and I've exercised. It's it's frosty and the way that I found to actually be able to absorb exercise for me now has been they're much shorter sessions. They're much, much shorter sessions in that I do 10 to 15 minutes and they're not even that high intensity, but they're compound movements with resistance with a band. You can hear the dog walking about that, Sam. And and I've just taken to doing that so that my body gets movement, it gets some resistance, but it doesn't get overwhelmed because if that happens to me, I, I just can't absorb the exercise. And anything that we do, if we if our nervous systems can't absorb it, then it's almost wasted in some ways. It doesn't challenge our nervous system, it fatigues it. So, um, so a little bit about me. If you don't know me already and you've landed on this podcast, I am a hypnotherapist and a hypnotist. That's what I do every day with people. And I work with the subconscious mind or the unconscious mind, as some people might like to call it. And I help humans, I help people overcome things that are in their way. It all started out through my own journey with PTSD 
Um, I had been deployed in Afghanistan as a medic um, and I was working in the field hospital. And I really thought at that age that I was tough enough and strong enough to really be able to handle all the things that I would see out there. And the truth of it was I didn't have the emotional language to be able to express myself when it got really hard. I didn't have an outlet to be able to overcome the things that I saw in a place of war. And so I spent a number of years really unwell and completely dissociated from who I was. And I functioned, I continued to work. I came out of the armed forces and I worked in manual therapies and I helped loads of people overcome pain. But inside of that, I was going through my own pain. At the same time, I had my children. I was married then to a man. And as much as life went on, I was very much a shadow of who I used to be and could be. And um, eventually it all fell apart and I sought help, but it was completely synchronous how the help came into my life. And I ended up on a course that I helped facilitate bring to the UK where I was learning about something called cellular release therapy. And while I was training, I was doing, I was having hypnosis done on me um, to a certain extent. And well, that was what was happening. And I was able to release and clear things that were going back for decades. Um, So I'd also been the child of someone who'd committed suicide. And I'd kept that very much a secret from the world. And I had no way of healing that within myself at that stage in my life I needed help um and I'd really been the stronger I'd really worn the archetype of the warrior and the strong woman for so many years I'd been an athlete um and I'd I'd really taken recreational exercise as far as I could I rode at university I'd done triathlon I'd raced triathlon while I was in the RAF and then And I'd also been a woman that was deploying into these high intensity zones, high emotional zones and high experience zones. And I didn't have any sort of language to be able to cope with any of that. So what happened when I found hypnosis was it gave me an outlet and it gave me an opportunity to really understand what was going on inside of me and heal. And on top of that, I was carrying all this shame from being a child of someone who had committed suicide. And I couldn't even say that word all those years ago. I I couldn't even see anything that remotely, like I was triggered left, right, center, above, behind, everywhere. It just happened. And so I was trying to function in a world where internally I was I was deeply, deeply suffering. And on top of that, I had kids. And so I had the pressures of my beautiful angels um, and being a mum. So this whole new language of like and another archetype, another coat to wear. And on top of that, I was a wife. It just and the pressure inside of me was was immense. And I found hypnosis. And I found uh, listening to other people's stories. So first of all, I had to heal me. And once I'd done a couple of sessions it was as if some people it wasn't just that layers were coming off they it was as if I was being reborn really well and truly reborn and to the to the point that 
my senses had become so numb, they were alien to me. And when they came back, they came back with such speed. It was, it was a shock and I had to really ground myself. But the first taste of life when you're an adult and you've been living life and then realise that you haven't been seeing colour, that you haven't been smelling things, that you haven't been feeling air and you haven't been able to notice tiny, tiny details or even your own feelings. And the only times that those would come out would be at high energy or low, low energy moments. So I would be able to raise myself out of this cocoon um, for birthdays or these moments where I needed to show up for my kids. I could just about do it for myself. I couldn't do it. I could not do it. Um, like and, and low. So if we, we, I'd come up to an anniversary, I couldn't suppress how I was feeling around the anniversary of a death or like if like November, uh, like um, Remembrance Sunday would come around. I couldn't. I couldn't keep it contained. And so I became hugely withdrawn because I didn't think people would like that version of me. And so I pulled back from the world completely. And what hypnosis gave me at that stage was healing. And lots of other people reach things in other ways, but I would say categorically that it saved my life. And from that moment on, I started to emerge and I started to really understand what I needed deeply. And it, it resulted in, it, it was a long journey of me coming to life and then coming to healing. And then what happened was, it was just so natural for me to opt into a world where I became the healer. And I went on a journey of, of learning and the very first, one of the very first things, not just the healing, the healing happened, the initial doorway into coming back to life happened quite quickly. But what also happened was it, it jump-started my brain and I went into a period of being able to learn really, really fast and in a, in a focused way. And I'd always been a kid that felt I was dyslexic, I couldn't spell, I couldn't read. I still have moments with that, but... I do recognize that it comes from stress now and it's less about me and more about how my brain is operating within the world. And I, I saw that more over the COVID period where like there was a reemergence and I was like, okay, this is, I haven't got as much capacity, but what happened after the hypnosis was I ended up almost speed reading a handful of books and I learned, I just went into a learning phase and I came off the course and whereas everyone else was practicing with people, I decided immediately to go to work. I felt ready. And so within a month, I had a board full of, I was seeing two clients a night and I was just working through and people were, were just letting go of things. And I thought it can't be this easy, surely, that, that this is how this works. And I had to then go and learn more about humans and, and the different ways in which we're all experiencing our experiences. And the further down the rabbit hole I went, the more I became engaged with this. And then I started searching out the the godfathers and the fairy godmothers of, of hypnosis and, and human transformation and ending up having quite incredible experiences with them. And I tracked down, I searched out the best female hypnotists I could access in the world. And I went there, I went to New York, 
I've, I know who that person is in the UK and I, and they mentor me. They've spoken with me and I've worked with them and I've been trained by them. And the reason that I wanted to work with women in particular was because one, I'm a, a woman. Two, the field is dominated by men in the nicest possible way. When people think of hypnotists, they think of men. And for me, I was like, I want change. I want women to be able to come and access somebody that looks like them, sounds like them, understands them and experiences things like them. And so I, I really started chasing that journey. And over the years, as I've been doing this, I've, I've cultivated different ways that work for me to help other people change. Or, and it isn't that we need to change. This is something that I really, I went through a process of unearthing. I wasn't growing because I had it all inside of me and I didn't understand who I was at all without all my archetypes. So I'm even doing it now. I'm defining myself by the thing that I do out in the world. I I am a hypnotist and I am a hypnotherapist, but I don't identify with that as the thing that I am. I am Amanda. And what I found is the more we understand about our own stories, the more we can talk about ourselves, the more we can reflect and the more emotional language we have available to ourselves, the more we can, we unearth of who is there, what is there, what's been given to us and what is closer to our own truths. And I still have areas in which I, I need development and I need to become more comfortable with it's things like it's definitely things around parenting I I had a full meltdown yesterday it's day three in the UK on our second big lockdown I think I don't know how many we've had it could be our third one and the kids are at home and now the schools are sending a timetable into the household to, that the kids have got to complete now my kids are both at primary school now if you don't have children this is is not of much relevance to you um and so I'm sorry about that uh but what's going on in our household is now imagine I'm just gonna take you out so this is all personal to me this is all personal to me but you might be able to relate my house is my tower so if you think of the tarot card in the tower and my tower is all, is made up of different levels. So my tower is made up of the work I do. It's made up of the 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 people that I see. It's as in my friends and family. It's made up of the beliefs and systems that I operate from. And my main tower, the main thing that provides the foundation to my protection is my home. And so in my head... When I relate to my tower, what happens in my home is kind of down to me. But what's happening is an outside force is saying, you do what we expect so that a member of your tribe, clan, family returns and meets the standard that we expect. Now, they're not saying that at all. They're just saying, here's a bunch of work so we can make sure your kids are keeping up with the national curriculum. But in my head, I'm seeing it as an infringement on my personal rights at home because there aren't many places where we can elicit full control of our being. 
And to be true, honestly, I'm starting to really, really come around to the fact that the only place that we can do that and that it's complete and utter self-mastery is in our heads and and within us and out on our conscious planes, which is a whole of another talk. But if you want to get into astral planing or understanding how to have out-of-body experiences or, or inter- dream interpretation, like just let it go. Ask the questions and I will answer them. Um, I think through, if you can dissociate because you're someone who experience, I'm giggling, but like if you're someone who's very, very good at dissociation, you can cultivate a skill of being able to have an out-of-body experience that's pleasant and controlled and not unpleasant. If you're someone who feels like you can exit your mind in some way and move off into another state of consciousness quite easily, have you considered that there are many levels to the states of consciousnesses that we can um, go through in quite natural ways? So the hypnosis can can have all of these things happen so um but you can also go the next level and 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 enter into the spiritual realms of of exploration and that's why i love this stuff because there's no limit to where people can choose to heal and so you're really getting an idea just a a brief look into my life and why I do what I do and now what I do is I get to work with people people come to me they tell me their stories I sit there drawing for a couple of minutes and I really get into the detail on what they're telling me and if you've ever not many people have just sat down and started to draw the metaphor in which people speak with um It completely takes me out of myself and I'm involved in all of their language when I start doing that and what I mean by that is the rules by which I try to understand someone are truly hypnotic and they're truly metaphorical and they're in the realms of the unconscious. And someone asked me the other day, how do you connect the conscious world with the unconscious world? And I said metaphor. It's the metaphor in which the person speaks with. That's how they understand the unseen and the scene that's how they build build the bridge to connect the two so someone was saying to me i have real i have a real hard time with separating my fear from my asthma and i don't know how to distinguish the two and i said to them what is it like what is it like and they said it feels like my chest is being crushed so that's the metaphor for what it feels like when they're becoming scared of their asthma. And so the metaphor is driving the feeling within their body. And so that's the component, the fear that can be worked on through hypnosis. The condition itself may never change, but if fear is driving it, now you can get into the science on this and Anyone that's really smart and knows about brains understands that the limbic system is closer to the lower brain stem and way down there is also where our breathing mechanics kind of live. So you don't want you well, what you do want, you want to be able to elicit some level of control around your fear 
and so fear is designed to keep us safe that's the that's what it's for like when the amygdala takes hold of the whole system and that's a part of our brain that like make that's like really it's our real primal point where we just react it's that moment where we're driving in a car and something happens and the hand flies out across to the passenger before we've even noticed or another example of this is a parent yells stop to their child who's running up a, a, a road in a and what they've realized is there's danger ahead but they don't know what so an example of this was in america a dad just yelled stop he didn't know why and his son came to an immediate stop because he heard the tone and tension in the voice the dad hadn't physically seen it but he'd felt that there was a rattlesnake up the road and his son was running towards it and the fear center let out the response that was required quickly with the right tone and the the small human in front need to react and so that's where our primal senses live and we we can't always overcome them but sometimes they can become oh they can be too charged and they can be too used and they can they can trip the switch where that particular part of our brain is running the show and that's what that's one of the things that can be helped and healed and when we start understanding that we're not always in we have a part of us that knows everything about us some people call it the higher self some people call it the unconscious mind some people say there's another layer to that that exists it does right now I'm sitting on a chair in my kitchen consciously I know I'm talking to all of you I it's the morning, my circadian rhythms know that I should be up. Like there's rhythms in me that know that I should be awake. The way that I'm experiencing the air, the light traveling through my eyes. There's many parts of my experience that I'm aware of right now. And you will be too, as you're listening to this. I know what sort of level of traffic is on the road. I can tell that from the feeling of on my skin in the house, that I'm... I, I need to wear more clothes. There's going to, if I think about it too much, the awareness that I need to have something to eat is going to start pressing into my mind. And so those are all parts of my experience that I'm consciously aware of. But there's all these other things that I have no conscious awareness of, like what's going on within within my digestive system or my lungs or my blood or or whether I need to shift to become more comfortable on the chair or or should I ground myself with my feet. But my other part of me knows that. The other part of me knows, like, it's just reaching out to where the children are right now because I know they're at their dad's and whether they're okay and consciously have they had a good night and how do I feel in my body when I feel that thought and I feel really calm. So I, I suspect that they've had a good part because there's a part of me that will be connected to my children in the unconscious realm and that's you know that it's not just intuition it goes further there's all these parts of us that we don't always have awareness of but they're there and they're taking care of us and so like I'm like meandering and rambling in this talk today but as one of the things that I've studied to help myself 
and then help others overcome huge trauma and I mean like observations of deaths of children or like in huge accidents or life-changing life-limiting accidents where they they now they're only left with how their mind works to continue to live in their experience of life and they've come to me and I've worked with them through these types of therapies and and then there's this other side of me that's completely playful and needs to have an outlet and needs to exercise and needs to laugh and needs comedy and needs humor and needs human interaction and and so this this podcast really is going to be about all of that. And if you've hung in for the last 20 minutes with me and you're listening, I'm what I'm going to do, I think the way that I'll break this down is there'll be morning ones and there'll be evening ones. So the evening ones should be lower energy and hopefully they'll take you into a place where you're, you can explore stuff. I would really love it, guys, if you could send me dream your dreams and I'll do dream interpretations. I won't necessarily have to say who you are. Um, It's one of my favorite pastimes is delving into the unconscious of a person sitting there. They give me the dream. I draw it. I might ask them a few more questions. So you might get a free session out of it and I'll interpret the dream for you. And it like, and, and we can have some fun looking at what comes through people's unconscious minds I was sent some amazing research recently that people do research dreams like it goes there is great research out there and what they're finding now is that we can be within like some dreams and some of our conscious life will get processed within three to four days of experiencing it with some other events We can be looking at five to seven years later that features within the dream are us dealing with stuff that happened a while ago. Now, I have my own theories about why some people are able to do that very quickly and other people need a much longer time to be able to go through that exposure. And I think that that has something to do with how the traumatized brain is functioning but that's a talk for another day but still if you're having like weird covid dreams right now i know loads of people are like and you want and you're like can you just tell me about them or you've got a repeated dream that you're just curious about like send them over to the instagram so you can get me in the instagram um and it's the rogue therapy podcast go find it you just dm me And I will happily, 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 happily um, interpret your dreams. (laughs) Uh, So that has been. So this all started out because Sophie, I got like a a kind of synchronous kick up the bum to make sure that I make this podcast. And the people that will want to listen to it will listen to it. And those of you that want to engage will engage. Those of you that want to find out more will. And I'm just going to meander along. I will get some guests on. It's a bit tricky at the moment because we're all in isolation. Um, And I'll talk about all the things I understand from the world of the unconscious mind. um, The different ways in which they show up. um, 
I will do tales of of a hypnotist and I can tell you some of the stories I that of healing that have occurred and the strange and wonderful ways in which I've achieved that with well, it's not really me. I never like to take responsibility for the healing. I'm just there. I'm just the passenger as it takes place. But um and I work with people in loads of different ways. I think historically people think that people go for a session and life changes and that's it and it can work out that way I honestly like a bit more time I'm someone who likes to get to know the people that I work with and especially if they show up with really massive things like I think it's possible that life-changing work sometimes I'm not Jesus do you know what I mean like it takes a bit longer and we all need to understand ourselves and and that in itself can take time too. So I do have these longer stories of how people have really gone on to miraculously, I'm going to use the word miracle, like really come back to life. I know that that was the case for me. And like the universe just keeps giving me now. I just keep getting stuff that, I couldn't have imagined for myself. I'm having to learn how to really say I'm happy and actually know that it's true. And I'm having to learn how to say my life is good because I never believed that it was possible that it could be. Even though I danced along in this lovely, as a child, I kind of lived in this perpetual bubble of my amandaness my life outside of it was pretty pretty grim and it just as I've gotten older I can reflect and I can see both sides but the the child inside of it was just like buoyant and a sunflower and I was I had that capability and that resilience somehow through my childhood even through so much of the darkness that was around me and I I didn't have a choice about so like taking that into my adult life now there's this like I almost have an expectation that I've had to learn how to live live a really really good life and expect to be happy and expect to be well and expect good things to happen I've had to teach myself how to do that because I was living in such a chaotic, nomadic way. And you'll all get to learn more about that if you want to. But how I transcended those things. Um, And there are just features that show up inside of me that I've had to, like, almost like these unusual little archetypes that have presented themselves um, over the years. Because so a bit more about me, I did before up to the age of 37, I'd moved homes 40 times. I was quite transient. My mum just moved loads and loads and loads. And so on on one hand, we were always on the move. On the other hand, it gave me this huge ability to be able to connect with people really, really quickly. But I also... I ended up in foster care at one stage, um, just as I turned 16, I went right onto the cliff and that's, that's the period where 
young teens in the UK are are right in between the edges of the social care system where they're going to take care of you, but not for much longer. So you've really got to work out what you're doing quite quickly because the assistance will end at 18 and you'll just poof, get on with your life. Um, and I, I kind of took the reins on that at about 17 and, and said, right, I, I've got to, I've got to come up with a way of, of being self-sufficient. And at that stage I had, I had two GCSEs. I was a failure at school and, but somehow I'd, I had this sporting pro-ass that had, pro-ass that had carried me and I managed to get, I managed to get in with a charity, an outdoor charity and I got qualifications and they got me into the outdoors. And from that stage on, I was starting to have these quite powerful experiences around sport and in outdoor environments and they cultivated a way for me to stay safe and so there's this huge wider story around this journey and like I fully know I can own the idea that I am on a journey of self-mastery that I have been that wounded healer and that when people come to me even at this young age of 41 I've I've amassed a lot of experience around being human so both my parents were dead by the time I was 25 and I didn't have the capability to understand grief then or heartbreak or, or what that meant and and how to transcend that. And one of those deaths was hugely traumatic um, in how it occurred. And so all of this stuff, it's layers inside of me that most people would be like, oh, my God, this girl's life. But really, for me now, this is, these are things that happened in like the presenting of being able to 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 live my life and I do live my life differently because I look at my friends and my foster family and my partner and they've I've got additional parents now again and which I'm really blessed and lucky to have and I've had these matriarchal figures over the years that have just come into my life like I've always had older women around me that have been guiding me that haven't always been my mum so I've been afforded a sense of freedom within myself to discover who I am but at the same time I don't have the same problems as other people my age do when it comes to taking care of parents or thinking about the future because that's already come to pass for me and it's meant that at a really young age I've had to address the type of grief that most of us shouldn't go through until we're much 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 older and I did one set of that as a teenager whilst becoming homeless uh, uh, multiple times and then I did another set through a very traumatic and a very different version of grief and like coming into my later life and becoming a parent I had to address it and so all of this stuff and the way that I was able to transcend it and the way that I've been able to transcend PTSD. You know, I was that classic person that was like, you're going to get it because you've got all this shit in the background. And the world, the world doesn't, like, it's not fair sometimes because people that have experienced trauma, so there's me, like, putting on my hat there. It's, it's not fair. But there's so much suggestion around what you will become because of what has already happened around you. And so if you're not able to cultivate a level of strength within yourself or a level of understanding or a level of self-nurturance 
or your inner voices are challenging you all the time because you've just not had mentorship in a strong foundational way. When you do come against up against something like that, it's harder. It can be more difficult to know what to do with it because it's it's opening old wounds. And that doesn't mean it has to stay that way. That's the really important message that I always have is that just because this stuff has occurred and it might trip you into another zone, it doesn't have to. You are not, you have your past and your past is part of your story. But if you learn the skills that maybe your past hasn't quite given you and you can, you can learn them that there's a possibility for you to not only have a deeper, more rich experience of life and a more wealthy experience of life and a more tangible aliveness to your life when when you know how to do all of these things. And the big place where I start, and I, I was in people's metaphor, and so a lot of people literally feel their metaphors. I'm one of these people. When I say I have a broken heart or I broke into a million pieces the day something happened to me, I felt that. I felt the separation of my body occur. And so when I find those people in a hypnotic realm and we go into the unconscious mind, because they feel their metaphor when we work with it in a hypnotic way, the level of healing that can occur in that person in the unconscious mind is astounding and it it all of a sudden what someone is getting back is control they're getting back a level of control in their life that they didn't realize was even possible and that's about unearthing and understanding who you are how your light permeates from you what it means for you to be who you are in this world and what your unique gift and spark is and that that doesn't mean that you have to come up with some business or anything like that there is something that is so unique about you it it illuminates you from within and that's the journey it that's the journey it's it's finding out the thing that brings out the level of a level of love inside of you that is so extraordinary that that even when your shit does get rocked you have this place that you can anchor to and you stay grounded and you stay stable and you stay able to do what's right for you and so this is what this podcast is going to be about it is and I'm always going to talk about it from the side of hypnosis I'm always going to talk about it from the side of the unconscious mind I'm always going to talk about it from the potential to heal and I'm always and I'm going to talk about the shadows and the darkness so if you want to come in on this and if you feel like you really want to start a journey with rogue therapy and our podcast and me particularly it's not rogue therapy it's me if you want to come in and listen to me and what I have to say and I'll get people in that can talk and sometimes they're going to be table chats where we'll just be laughing and other times it might just be a full-on unload like this and a ramble through my mind today there wasn't much direction and focus on this and the reason being 
is because I've been away and I haven't been talking in this podcast the way it needs to be done. And this is it. I'm going to, there's good, hate is going to hate. It's just what's going to happen. And, but I know that there's a lot more people out there that need and want an audio hug and they need and want an option on how to understand themselves. I'll help you do it all the way. I can talk about this stuff all day, every day. I never get bored. I never get tired. It's my absolute center for being. This is this is the thing I was born to do on this planet and I know it. And that's why when times have got really hard and like everything's been shutting down and I haven't got clients and I haven't necessarily had people, I just go and start doing it for free. And that's a nightmare <laughs> because like this is how I function and I operate within the world. But when you love something so, so, so much and you and the thing that I love is being able to watch someone else have that moment where they just, something within them feels so familiar and they know themselves and they can't unfeel that, that it gives them a sense of confidence and self-belief and knowing. And people come in, with all sorts of different things like people people approach this problem through all sorts of different ways because it's the habit and the way that they see their lives every day so people approach it through money people I've, I've had a millionaire come in and be like man I've lost everything and I need to I just I don't know who I am anymore and it was a traumatic event that caused this by the way and and then they they got it all back they're they're flying now like there's there's people that have like so money people come in and through their money and blocks or people arrive through their their body like that meaty fleshy beautiful gift of a thing that we walk around in every single day but their awareness around that is huge because that's the thing that they're activating life through so they come in and they they want help with that or or they have had something and they don't recognize themselves in their psyche, in their consciousness. And they and they, when they look in the mirror, they can't see who they, who they really, truly, deeply are after what's happened. And they come in and we do stuff through that. Or pain. Pain is a massive one. Pain shows up in so many aspects of our lives. And it's, it's a part of our experience. Um, and understanding that through hypnosis is phenomenal I, I've got so many different stories of people who and this is like chronic pain that has been caused and can't be changed and they're living with it and we've done like the most awesome journeys into past lives to understand it a bit more or analgesic hypnosis is so much fun um, and like teaching someone how they can reduce their morphine intake through doing analgesic hypnosis where they learn how to numb a region of their body through mind control um and that's and i've seen people be able to reduce the amount of morphine that they're taking over a period of time and this is what i mean about it's not all just done in one session some people need training because i'm teaching that person to now become their own hypnotist so that they can elicit control in their lives and that to me is 
is is so juicy it's like properly properly like okay now we're talking cooking with gas living your own life you're not you're not being dictated to by anyone else and you're controlling what you need to do for yourself to live the life that you're capable of living at this stage with the resources that you have available to you and life gets better that's 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 it so I've rambled. If you're still here, it's 45 minutes. That's a long ass podcast. We've gone from 10 minutes to 45 minutes. And yeah. So Sophie, thanks for the bum kick. I suppose I'll dedicate this podcast to you and the sunshine and the showers on YouTube. If you need to find out more, you can find me on Instagram, Amanda Wanowski. You can find the podcast on Instagram at Rogue Therapy the rogue therapy podcast um keep the vibe high people and i'll catch you on the flip side